What if you were born with a disease that you always knew would kill you? And then what if all of a sudden you were given a second chance? Well, that's exactly what happened to me. And it's the question that we explore on the new podcast series, Breathless from Snack Labs. Join me, Jeremy Saunders, for a series that explores what it means to live and die, to love and to lose, and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now, wherever you get your podcasts. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. baby babe ready to talk about some sex (laughs) i love how that comes out of your mouth like (laughs) like you have to say it now because you say it every time but yeah (laughs) Yeah. that's what we say how are you doing how are you feeling i'm sick i know you are and you're cranky i'm cranky sick this last week was amazing we went to toronto and we did shit in Montreal and it was really fun and we saw lots of friends but something happened along the way where I got I caught a bug I I um I also have been feeling very 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 sluggish since we got home um like from the day that we arrived like not sleeping well and I don't know if it's just if it's, you know, your immune system is obviously not as strong as mine. Mine is obviously not as weak as yours. So I feel like I could 
get sick, but it was really, really fun, but really draining. That humidity was unbelievable. Yeah, the, that was a that was a big part of it, probably. I mean, not in part in getting me sick, but that was definitely part of the draining. Mm-hmm. It's a lot to be in that heat. It heat is, waves, yeah. man. Heat waves kill people. Yeah, they do. Isn't that fucking crazy. Yeah, they do. Um, but we did have an amazing time. Uh, Toronto, holy shit. Uh, I mean, we, we posted it last week, but our live show from Toronto. Uh, first of all, sorry for getting so intoxicated. Uh, <laughs> secondly, I had more fun with that live show than might be my favorite live show to date. I connect to that. I feel like that was too. And I, I um, as much as you, you know, got intoxicated, I was like, oh, this is a great opportunity for me to step up and then you know, make sure that the show carries forward and that Jeremy doesn't get stuck down a rabbit hole of, of drunk ranting, which you didn't. You did a great job. Uh, I, well, you know, I towed the line, I think. But uh, yeah, the Toronto, the crowd in Toronto, they were amazing. It wasn't our, it wasn't your typical Toronto audience. Uh, I've, I've found no offense, Toronto, but usually the audiences are a little hesitant, a little cold, a little uh, a little quiet and reserved. Um but they y'all were rowdy. It was fun. Yeah, it was fun. You guys, you ha- you have a lot of entertainment to choose from in Toronto, so it's nice to, um, yeah, it's nice to be uh, with a group of people having a great time and and enjoying a night out together. Yeah, and then uh, Montreal was really interesting, and the reason why was because uh, the live show was like it was a free show. We had no idea how to promote it. We didn't have any information, so we basically did a show on the street. Like on the street corner under this little tent with maybe five of our friends showed up. Mm-hmm. And, but we amassed this like 50 person audience of... Passerbys. Passerbys. Some were, some were children. Some were old people. Yeah. And uh, she got crazy. It, was like, it did. It got wild. Yeah. 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 Someone um, even flashed their, uh, their breasts to yeah, the audience, which, the- <laughs> which I was kind of afraid. I, like, I don't know what the laws are there in Montreal, but... I we we, were we get reprimanded. We, we probably won't really set up that as an episode in full, but except for to our Patreon subscribers, we'll we'll send it their way. Well, yeah, well, well, we might cut around some stuff and put it up, but the 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 video of it all um, that'll go up on our Patreon, minus the tits. Yeah, uh, we'll we take the tits we didn't get out. Consent to no. uh, to keep that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a wonderful trip. So silly, so fun. So fun. You know what? One of my favorite parts was um, was you and my little sister Shannon and I sitting at the on a patio watching like amateur wrestling. Uh oh yeah amateur yeah professional yeah. No, I mean it's, it's professional wrestling yeah okay emerging professional wrestlers. No, you just call it professional wrestling. Okay, I see. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that was really random and really fun. And Montreal, you're so weird. I it's like a it. weird city, man. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Um, well, what do you want to, do you want to chat about anything before we, th- I, because, you know, I'm not feeling good, but. You're not feeling well. Do you want to, do you want to talk about anything before we just throw it to the episode? Well, yeah, I thought maybe we could answer a brain boner. <laughs> okay. You down for that? Yeah. Do you okay. want to use one that was written in or one from um, the live I'm, show? I'm not going to use one from the live show. I'm going to use this one. Right. Um. Um, okay, let's see. Duh, Lilith. This is from Lilith. Hello. Um, just wanted to say I love your podcast. I listen to it all the time, even at work, which isn't always a good idea due to headphone malfunction. I am an ethically non-monogamous 32-year-old woman who has been with a man for almost 14 years, married six years, and non-monogamous for two and a half 
My husband was my first boyfriend and it developed into our marriage, so I've never had to deal with a breakup until now. I was seeing a man for about five months and due to circumstances outside either of our control, we decided to stop seeing each other. The split was completely amicable and we decided to stay friends and it's been about six weeks. We do chat occasionally still, but I miss him a lot. Our inside jokes, cooking dinner together and cuddling to watch TV or a movie and just talking to him daily. I still love him. I didn't expect to love him, but I fell hard and he loved, loves me too. So how does a person move past this? How do I stop loving him? How does a breakup work? What are some of the things that have worked for you in the past for breakups? Thank you so much for your podcast. I really love hearing about other people's experiencing and knowing that I'm not the only person who have gone through these things. If you ever make it to, well, maybe I won't say your city, I would love to be on the show and chat about my experiences being in a, a swingers group woo, and being involved in the online sex community. Thanks again, Lilith. All right. Well, what do you think? <sighs> breakups. <clears throat> breakups are rough. I don't think that there's... I, I Googled, I was like, how do you fall in love, out of love with someone? And I didn't read any of the articles because all the sources were like Psychology Today and like Cosmopolitan. And I just don't... I don't know if there's a real trusted source for this, but it's a great question. Um, I don't think you can just fall out of love with someone. Like, I don't think you, you know, the question, though, can you reread that specific question? Like, how do you fall out of how love How does with a person move past this? How do I stop loving him? Yeah, you don't. How does a breakup work? Yeah, you don't stop loving someone. I, I, that's not, I don't think that's, I mean, you can do all of the things that you would need to do to move on. But in the end, you're still, you're still going to, you're still going to hold on to, you know, uh, those feelings. I think, you know, it's like I, 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 I still love Katie, my, you know, my high school girlfriend. Just a different kind of of love. Well, that love is like evolved and shifted into something else than than what it was when we were in high school. Um, you know, but like when we broke up, definitely didn't want anything to do with her and, and she wanted nothing to do with me and we went our separate ways. Fuck. That was like over 10 years ago. Yeah. And I still, but I still love her today. Yeah. You know, like when I see Katie, I am overwhelmed with, with elation. You know, I love seeing her. I feel that way about my my ex as well. Yeah. Um, when we when we broke up, we also well, I, I would have tried to keep communication, and I almost always have done that in breakups, whether they're um, previous to you know opening our relationship or up or within them. Um, I have had feelings disappear though for people that I thought. I was in love with and felt that I was in love with that that disappeared and or maybe I shouldn't say that maybe they didn't disappear maybe it's still there I I, I guess I feel like when I have loved someone really truly and deeply that that will always uh, exist it it would be wild to think that that wouldn't exist in some in some way 
you can ch- like you i think that you have the f- full capacity to, to choose who you decide to like i'm i'm going to choose this person to to love i'm going to choose to like um explore the journey of love with this person yeah i'm going to choose to be with this person but i think once you start getting out of that scenario I don't think you have so much of a choice to go, I'm not going to love this person anymore. Well, once you have like a body of shared experiences yeah. and special things that are just, that only came to be because you created those things together. That's not to say that you will not be out of love with them at some point. Yeah, you can. But could. what I'm saying is that you, I don't think you can go, oh, we're breaking up. I got to, what do I, what are the, what are the steps that I take to get out of love with this person? Yeah. Like how do I, how do I end the love? I, I don't think that's the way it goes. I think I think that the the way the way to achieve a breakup in the way that I think most people would would want that to to play out, which is like amicably and not and you know not messy, is to if it's if it's needed between both partners, take space from one another avoid like falling into the traps of being like, I'm fucking lonely tonight. I'm going to, I'm going to send a text to so-and-so, you know, really cut yourselves off from that. And then maybe take a break from looking at the social media. Sure. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's, That's another option. This might be a bit of a leap. I can't really tell why the, the parting had to happen. I'm thinking like maybe you moved Maybe someone moved away, maybe, Mm -hmm. but the first thing that came to mind was like, maybe your husband also wasn't comfortable with that relationship. And that happened to us at the beginning. I I had to end a, a little, like a short relationship. Um, cause it just, it wasn't working within the, the context of our, of our openness and we learned a lot and yeah, I think space has always been a really important part for me, like taking a break, but you know, I see other people like consciously uncoupling. Um, yeah. There's a really beautiful example of that <laughs> recently I, I saw on Instagram. One of our one of our listeners. And one of our listeners who's a, a photographer um, made a beautiful post about, about separating from her husband. And it was really moving because, you know, there's clearly so much love and respect there. So you asked me to read that and I was like, uh... Is this is this how you're telling me you want to get divorced? <laughs> no, but one really funny thing that happened is um, the other day, I won't get into details, but I got into a relationship argument, yeah. as you do. I got into a relationship argument, and, uh, and later that afternoon, a Facebook ad um, popped up saying, like, recovering from a breakup, here's how to care for your heart, or whatever. <laughs> I was like, "That's so funny." I was so pissed. I'm not, not, not up for that. Facebook, stop uh, listening to my arguments. You, you can't get away from it. It's so weird. Yeah, well, it's this the life we live. So, uh, yeah, I don't know, Lilith. I mean, you spaces worked for me, Jeremy. You, you and Katie had space, but ultimately yeah. found your way back to communication once. You know, once the, and once we the both, sting we, we, wears off. Yeah, we both wanted that. Yeah. We both wanted to come around to having a friendship. And again, when I say I love Katie, like I, she is up there with, she's one of like my top 
10 most important people in my life. And I barely see Katie. I, I see her, you know, I'm lucky if I see her three times in a year. Well, there's something to be said for the people that hold pieces of you like that. Yeah. Who have seen you grow in in ways. And you may have only known this person for a short amount of time and been intimate for a short amount of time. But you, you probably got to express and reveal parts of yourself that you didn't get to express and reveal in your long-term relationship because mm-hmm. we do that in relationships. We, we, we find ways to be in relationship that, 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 you know, don't always get, get to, um, see all the different facets of our, of ourselves or each other. So you get that when you have big B, you stink. He is the weirdest dude. Like, look, look at what he's doing right now. He's not licking his arm. He's not quite licking the floor. He's licking somewhere in between the two. What are you doing, Big He B? does that all the time. He's do, he does it on the carpet. He does it on do the you guys hardwood. Want, you guys want to hear it? Oh, God. It. Go ahead, bud. Okay. All right. That's enough of that. Oops. I hit the microphone on the way up. Sorry about that, guys. Um, I, I don't know if that anyway. helps. I mean, I, I think, Jeremy, you made the first thing you said, which is like, you don't have to stop loving a person. Yeah. And don't, like, unless it's very, unless you really don't want to love this person anymore, like, be, why, don't not love them. Yeah. Love is a good, love is a very important and very good thing for the entire planet. And there's not enough of it. There's, we are lacking love. So don't feel like you can't love this person anymore. Also, just, just evolve the love. Let it change, but don't, don't try not to look at it from the point of like I need to stop loving this person. You know, it that reminded me of um, our teacher and friend uh, Frank talking about holding someone you love with an open hand, like having them in your palm with an open an open hand, so free for them to come and go and be mm-hmm. who they are and without any sort of grasping. Right. So it might it might be that kind of practice of like I can love this person without possessing them or right. having them, you know. Mm. That's a really good way of looking at it. Yeah. Be patient with yourself obviously. It, it, it breakups are are, are there they're a loss. They're, they're they're hard. They can be hardened. Yeah, and um, they have a mourning period, and you know, there's a gr- there's grief that comes with that. And if staying in touch is painful, like if that's if that's if it's getting in your way of moving on, you're the only one who can be the judge of that. I think so. Yeah. So pay attention to that too, and and it might be hard, but it might be it might be the best care you could also take of your for yourself. <clears throat> um. All right. Let's start to the episode. Yeah, okay, let's do it. Uh, so This is one of our recordings from Toronto. Yes. With our friend uh, Jordan Power. Nope. Uh, yeah, right. They're right. Yeah. Yeah, that's his name. That's his name. And he's a <laughs> podcaster and, and uh, an author, uh, entrepreneur, does all kinds of uh, things, is great energy. First conversation we had in Toronto, so uh, we're really excited to, to share it with you. Yeah, and check out his podcast. Um, shame uh, on you. Shame on you. They're, they're doing a live show in New York, so we wanted to get this one out to um, help promo that for him. It, it, he's really excited about 
the the podcast. It's really new. It's it's uh, early days, but uh, clearly taking off and, and having lots of success. So we wanted to help. It's a gay sort of, queer uh, yeah. podcast as well. Yeah. So. So, so we wanted to help promote that and uh, by by uh, talking about it on the podcast so you can you can hear all about that in the next uh next little hour or so also just a heads up uh Oceaga, montreal next this weekend i'm gonna be there if you see me come up say hi introduce yourself we'd love to see all the all the fun party people out in uh, montreal uh because we were just there and i fucking montreal is quickly becoming one of my favorite cities so i won't be there i'll be on pi if you see me there feel free to come on up say hi uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. one of my favorite places. All right. All right. Enjoy the show. Uh, we we'll love see you. you. See you on the other side. So my my ex yeah yeah just go I think we're we are just my, gonna go for um, it. ex boyfriend is one of my best friends and I was in his I was at his bachelor party in Austin this past weekend and all these and the first time I got recognized in public seven times in four days just guys coming up to me being like I love your podcast blah, blah. in Austin in Austin oh, that's sweet awesome. which is a super liberal place I didn't yeah. know that yeah I was just like so that was weird how sick is Austin though it's so good it's the coolest place yeah I yeah. thought it was gonna be like. American, like super conservative. No, it's like San Francisco. There was uh-huh. a there was a comedian when we were down there, and like one of his opening bits was, uh, uh, it was something to the effect of like, why the fuck are all the signs around here saying like keep Austin weird? He was like, Austin's the only normal thing in this fucking state. Yeah, it's yeah. Everything surrounding it is is what's weird. Yeah, like Dallas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fun. It's just such an interesting. I mean, shout out. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if anyone's listening. <laughs> ah, we probably have like one Dallas listener. Yeah. Uh, Jordan. So Jordan Power. Uh, why don't you? Uh, we were just kind of briefly talking about your podcast. Why don't you introduce yourself and sure. let the listeners know who you are? So, um, I started a podcast with um, my best friend called Shame On You. Um, started it in March. Just hit 100,000 downloads. Um, which you're, you told me is good. That's so. pretty That's pretty decent. <laughs> yep. pretty yeah, it's not um, bad. We're adding usually between 50 to 60 listeners a day. So, extrapolated, you know, yeah. it should be good. Um, but the premise of the podcast was, it's a comedy podcast, but the premise was how do we get to zero gay shame? Because we both are relatively comfortable 32-year-old guys, but it was like, how do we get to that pu- point where we don't have a little bit of shame left over? And the idea was, from researching shame, was like, okay, if we have extreme vulnerability, we can eradicate what's left over. And so we booked the first 20 guests, which were mostly gay men, and then we realized we had sex with like half them. Right. And then it kind of came became like, the gay version of you know that podcast guys we fucked mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it kind of became the gay version of that like unintentionally and then we sort of just used it in our marketing hook so Sorry, now, girls by the way now are you are you like now focusing on primarily talking to people that you've you've fucked in the past um i had on two guys i dated so it was more like the romantic side right, of okay. like why did we go wrong um and we also were both. It was it was a nice snapshot because the one guy I dated I was twenty three. My my boyfriend was uh, named Paulo, and we did it for five years. And it was like we sort of really hate ourselves. Like our majority of our relationship, we were in the closet. And then by the end of it, we 
like now he's a fiance. I went to his bachelor party and it's nice to reminisce how far you've come. But our guests are also a reminder in the emails we get of how far, like how the glacial pace of society's progress. Mm. And that is the most depressing thing of doing the podcast is like not just the emails we get, but like in 10 years, how little has really changed. Um, It sounds cynical, but you wouldn't believe even in Toronto. I was expecting you to say the opposite. Really? Yeah. I I was hoping to say the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. But how much of that is um, like an age thing? So just what what you just said made me think about how much is how um, much just my experience of everything is completely different than it was 10 years ago. So while like maybe like these folks that are writing to you, maybe they're just Maybe they're in an earlier life stage where they're experiencing the thing that you remember from 10 years ago. Does yeah, that make you're sense? Saying, I mean, our demo does skew a bit younger, so that would make sense. Um, but, like, oh, God, it's... I got an email that, like, I get multiple emails of guys in their 30s in major metropolitan cities, so New York, San Francisco, Toronto, um, that aren't out, or they have what... They're out, but they have this thing with their family that I call acceptance with conditions. Mm. And it's where, because as gay people, we're always so used when people just throw us a bone, right? When they're like, mm. we settle for less than, and that's what I really try to empower people with the podcast is like, I'm sick of like asking for less. And they have this thing with their family where it's like, yeah, my mom accepts me. But then when they go deeper, it they don't really accept you because it's like, yeah, we're cool with you being gay. Just don't bring your boyfriend around at Christmas right. or don't tell your uncle. And it's like acceptance with conditions. And so... Is that, that where was, is that where the title comes from? Shame on you. Shame, like, shame is just sort of just eradicating, but then we kind of were like thinking of just like turning on them. No shame on you for shaming us. Yeah, right, right. And it's obviously like a well-known saying. Sure, of I course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I'm I'm curious to know about your. How old are you? Thirty-two. Okay. Oh, I yeah, I had that. to think about. It. I was yeah. on a date the other night, and I was like, I'm thirty-ish. One. I'm thirty-one. I'm, I think yeah. I'm thirty-one. She was like, your your profile said thirty-one. I was like, thank you. I'm thirty-one. <laughs> Uh, you're 32. Um, how, when, like, I want to know about your coming out and what that experience was like for you. Um, because I, I don't know if we were recording or not, but you were, you know, you were kind of mentioning how you still carry this like bit of shame when maybe kissing someone else in public or, you know, having a slow dance at a, at an event or a wedding or something. Um, so what was your, your coming out story like? I mean, I got lucky compared honestly i'm probably in the one percent like one top percentile of people that are accepted by their families and i realize this now just because i have this like case study of the podcast um i was dating a guy for five years the entire relationship we were in the closet um then we broke up and about two weeks after that my sister heard a rumor that he was gay um and he's the guest that came on the podcast and she came up to me and was like yeah i heard a rumor paul is gay is he gay and i was like yep and she's like oh my God, how did you find out? And I just said, because I've been dating him for five years. It was like the perfect segue. I'm like, I cannot do this. Um, And then my sister was just like very emotional about it. But then it was like a week went by. My mom wrote me an email. What do you mean by emotional about it? She She just started bawling. But she was crying because she hated that I had to hide my first love from the world. Um, he was like my best friend. It's like a movie. Like mm-hmm. he used to come over. My mom would always go, "You're like a son to me," and he'd be like, mm, "I'm fucking your <laughs> well, son." I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but and, and then we and then that's how we came out. And then it was just 
I'm so lucky. I was just even even playing field with my sisters. We talked about our relation. My like, well, actually, my other sister's a lesbian, but my other sister's straight, and it was like. Jordan's dating and we talk about it and Lauren's dating and we talk about it and there was no difference. And I can't tell you how rare that is um, nowadays. There's always the inequality of like the heterosexual sibling gets a little bit better treatment. Mm. And then there's like the shame. They just sort of shame the other one. Um, and even doing this podcast, like I'm trying to get to zero shame. That's the premise of it is like the day when I have zero shame. And I don't know if that's possible, but there's still moments with me, like I was traveling with my ex-boyfriend and we were taking a photo last weekend in Austin and the guy, you know, some, some guy said, oh, you're getting married. Oh, who's the lucky girl? Because that shit happens all the time. Sure, of course. And my ex-boyfriend was with me and he goes like, oh, she's a great girl. She's really beautiful. And we walked away and I go, did you just like, oh, did you just do that? And I was like, don't you have a best friend that like has a podcast about this? And he, and he was like, fuck. And he's like, I still hate myself. And he's 34. Mm. And then there's just these little, always these little moments. We're trying to get to this point where you just say, fuck it, when it's awkward all the time. You just say, I don't give a shit. I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to go for it in the business meeting. I'm going to go for it just all the time. Just no no excuses. It's That's so fascinating to me. Like I, Because I know you, I th- from what I know of you and the times I've spent with you, mm-hmm. I've never, I've never ever picked up a hint of of that, of like, feeling the need to maybe just like put on a mask or or not be like f- like fully yourself um now mind you I, you know we've only spent a number of hours together right. um but but even then like in those in those brief moments where we've spent time together like I've always just kind of felt like oh yeah like you're a fully like out gay dude who's like totally ready to take on the world and and not, you know, has, carries no shame with that. It's really easy to forget that, yeah. you know, there's there can oftentimes be a lot of weight that goes along with that. Like even just hearing about your friend who, who says like, oh, she's a really lucky, pretty he gal, did, like that. And he also volunteered. Like it was, yeah, you know what? Because here's the thing. I am quite a confident person. A lot of people think I'm conceited. I hear it all the time. It's like, I don't give a shit. Sorry that you're not confident. Like everyone says that. But, um... I'm almost there. Like I'm almost at the point where I do not give a shit. And how could I be? How could I? I would be such a hypocrite doing a podcast where I'm not lying to people or, you know, but I can't. What I always say is to be a gay person is thousands of awkward moments where you just feel like less of a citizen. Mm. And and we all and that's why I get mad about guy, when guys won't come out because um, it's like we need you. Yeah, and you're not really helping us. And w- Brad and I always say on the podcast, if you're financially independent um, and you're in a geographic location in which you're safe, you need to come out. Mm. Um, and that's very much what we push, and we get a lot of pushback for that. But what pushback for uh, in what way? You don't get my situation. You don't right. get my family, um, or you know justifications. I've heard everything. Um, but it's it's really dicey because it's sometimes it's people's most sensitive thing, and you you, just, you turn to them in this privileged city, and you go like, "When I have a greater family experience, like you need to come out." But I think it's like the larger picture of like, if no one came out, if no one moved the line, where would be, and where wouldn't we be, kind of thing. Turn me on. We'll be right back after this word from our sponsors. Have a 
catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Um, what does that what does that feel like physically? So we talk a lot about shame. Um uh Brene Brown's been talking a lot about shame and vulnerability and those those types of things are like very physical for me like when I when I feel that so when you were talking about those moments of like hesitating before sharing something that's true for you whether it's kissing someone or saying actually I'm marrying a man um what what how do you recognize shame in those moments. It's, there's a visceral feeling that I feel my stomach dropping, like an anxiety, and it always takes me back to youth. Because mm. I also like was had the shit like bullied out of me when I was a youth. youth, And that's also probably the impetus for doing a podcast like this, where you're like, I wanna like <clears throat> really create social change. Um, but I know, I get this like kind of tingling feeling in my arm, and you know that, it, it really is that stomach drop when someone gives you like really bad news, and you just go like, <gasps> I, I feel that. Um, <clears throat> But I do feel it getting less than like really, truly doing this podcast. It's like I've literally put everything out there, like the intimate, intimate deals, details of my uh, sex life. And sex is part of sexuality. Right. So that's one part of it. So but, you know, I they did an MRI study that said gay male brains look very similar to PTSD veterans because they have been traumatized their whole life. And if you nine times out of 10, when I meet a gay guy, there is some semblance of an anxiety disorder with them, Um, a distrust, an uncomfortable feeling. Um, I've personally been on anti-anxiety medication. And so much of that, when I started to go to a therapist, was trauma. It's trauma. It's thousands of moments of worrying about your physical safety, worrying about your job prospects, um, not seeing yourself represented in media it's thousands and thousands of moments or time where you're just a second class citizen. And I guess you sort of build up this like physical retaliation, like a flight or fight kind of thing that comes over you. Um, you know, when I walk on King West in Toronto, that like bro district, when you walk through there, I always kind of do this thing. My friends always laugh at me where I sort of puff up my chest. Um, because I just want to, like in the way a fish does, you know, yeah, you just yeah. yeah, it's total posturing. You're just sort of like 
because I know people have had have been beaten, and I think back to my youth and I go like, oh, not again. Um, so that's kind of the general thing. I mean, it, it does suck to be 32 years old and still have that. But again, I'm getting there. I'm getting there every day. So talking about it on the podcast, do you feel like any of that while you're speaking? Uh, yeah. Oh, you do? Yeah, okay. for sure. I, the first couple episodes when we were recording, I'm sure you guys know, like talking about sex, like we would get drunk with all our guests because it's anxiety just inducing. That's why everyone really gets drunk. I mean, no one, no one really likes the taste of alcohol. The first time you had a drink, you weren't like, "This is delicious," right? People like the feeling. It's yeah. You know what? I'd argue that though. I mean, I mean, I, you do develop a taste for it. I, I think. Yeah. I, I for that sweet, sweet oh, oblivion. It's just it's literally right poison. Yeah. yeah. My favorite kind of poison. But it's like nature's way of saying, like, don't drink that vodka. It's disgusting. And you go, ugh. That's why that's right? why that's why you feel like such shit after being hung over. Absolutely. It's your body's going, You poisoned yourself. Exactly. This is what you get. So we would drink with the guests because it's anxiety inducing talking about someone like eating my ass with like you know, in a room. Now I don't give a shit. But the quality really <coughs> suffered because we were yeah. drunk all the time and yeah, you could right. hear it. And so we had to stop doing that, but it's been a test, right? Because you don't have your social lubrication. You bring in your ex or you bring in some guy that broke your heart and you sit like this in a room with them. And now you got nothing left. You got no shield. Uh Um, And that's a different experience. Um, The sex stuff I'm very comfortable with and I always have been, but when it's like you broke my heart or whatever, Mm -hmm. that's harder for me. Is it, are you connecting it at all to the nine ten thousand people that are downloading your episodes because i i don't think that when we're recording i'm like nobody's here it's just us like i feel pretty comfortable and then i'm completely divorced from the idea that like thousands of people are listening so we were we pre-recorded our podcast because we didn't know what it would become we did 13 weeks 13 episodes we just like bang it banged it out and then we released it every week so as it was growing we were like holy shit, because it just kept doubling, doubling, doubling. And then as we went, after the 13 weeks, we're like, okay, we're live per se, because we record every week now. And I went to record, and I pressed it, and I looked at like my like co-host, and I was like, fuck. It's scary at that point. Now I don't really think about it, but it's a pr- very provocative podcast. Like If you look at our iTunes reviews, it's either like five or one. Mm. We don't. It's very not PC at all. Like right. it's yeah. super provocative and that's what I want it to be. I want it to be like bar conversations. Um, so we get a lot of blowback. Have you ever said anything that you, Oh yeah. Like that you personally were like, uh, I don't know. I, I, maybe I should get a second opinion of whether, whether or not I should put this out. I think if I say something, I'm very careful about if I release like medical information that I right. know what I'm talking about. Sure. Um, obviously there's been a couple slip ups, but <sighs> I think part of doing the shameless thing is kind of being unapologetic. And that doesn't mean necessarily no boundaries and being an asshole. But I said it because I meant it. Yeah. Um, so I try not to apologize for a lot of stuff. But I don't know if you guys noticed like this doing it is the biggest frustration of doing a podcast is when people misinterpret what you say. They personalize it. They internalize it. They make it about their situation. Yeah. And you're like, that's not what I said. And those emails I just don't respond to because I'm like, you're just hearing what you want to hear. And I can't. Yeah, we can't really respond to that because it's like when we do a CBC article and the comments are like, why would you even, you know, and they're infuriated. They're taking it so personally. Yeah, It's just so, when I was reading, because you posted it, I have you on Facebook, and you posted it and I was reading the comments and I was like, 
this is so transparent what this is happening here. These people are reading it and they'd be like, oh my God, people have found an alternative form of happiness. Yeah. And that bothers me because I'm unhappy and now I must spray that on them. Like it's just, it's textbook psychology going on. Yeah. It was, there was some like just. Oh, I saw them. Oh yeah. Just hatred. And I loved it. it. I, I honestly like I couldn't. I was fascinated by it. Mm-hmm. I, I did. I, it really, I mean, there, there was a part of me that was like, that's really sad. But also there was a part of me that was like, this is, this is too good. Like it, some of the stuff on here is just too funny. Well, you've also like evoked a response. So that's totally. something's good. Yeah. Happening is good. Yeah. I mean, if you weren't, it'd just be apathy and they wouldn't write anything. Yeah. I like them. I like the moments when you can read the comments and, and you can hear, cause I know I've been in that position where I've heard something that I've felt is like a personal threat to me because I'm not happy with something and you know, don't know how to change it. But where they're able to, like you can almost read it on the page. They're able to go, this makes me uncomfortable, but I'm happy for them. And I look at those comments. I'm like, you are getting it. Yeah. You're getting it. it and doesn't... you're a happy person. Yeah. I mean, I always say that like no CEO, when you ask them their secret to success was like, I spent three hours a night on Twitter, just responding to people mm-hmm. and talking to people. It's like, that's not, though. it's not happy people on there. Mm-hmm. Unless they are people like you're mentioning. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, it's just sort of bored people that are seeing people doing remarkable things and saying, like, now I need to tear them down because that makes me feel uneasy. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking about, uh, you know, this newfound sense of fame. Uh, of fame um, <laughs> I love when people call it that. Uh, have, you, have you noticed um, a difference in, like, your own personal sex life in terms yeah. of... Because there's somewhere specifically where I want to take this, but we'll we'll start with <laughs> yeah. I'll talk about anything. We'll start sexual. with like you know, like are you are you getting a lot more dudes sliding into your DMs or? Yeah, I get some. So here's the thing. Um, there's a bifurcation by doing the podcast, right? So what happens is you do this podcast about your sex life. It's really an audio reality show. At the end of the day, like we share more than pretty much like most of the podcasts I've ever listened to. And even our fans are like, I didn't realize like, like I've talked about my dad dying of cancer. Like it's, I've cried on four episodes. It's really just my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but what happens is, is it attracts the wrong kind of men. So guys that are attracted to you because of the the fame and everything around that. And they, I can pick that up very quickly also because I've been in this business for like a decade. So I can see that. Um, but I actually started a little bit of a relationship with someone like long distance who listens to the podcast and really likes, still likes me mm-hmm. and I've given everything to, to him. But there's an obvious imbalance in that relationship where like I would go on a date with him and it's just like, okay, your turn. Yeah. Cause like, what am I going to do? Um, but everything is out there and, and there is a comfort in that in knowing that I've give, I've put it all out there. If you've listened to every episode and you still like me. Then we're on an even playing field, whereas most people, they go on a date and it's like the posturing just starts and it's a whole dance and right. blah, blah, blah. But yeah, the sexual stuff, um, uh, I can't be as hoary as I used to be. I use that as a good term uh, because now I'm scared that people are going to screenshot my conversations or share my dick pics with their friends or... Yeah, but what? Who cares if they share your dick pics? Um, <laughs> Do you care about that? I don't... I just like now I'm like gonna release my book May seven right, um, 
and I just like don't want my dick pics floating around. Sure, yeah, I guess so. I just am like that's I've my always... thing. My genitals, my ass is like whatever. It's it's just a great yeah, spread ass. it wide open. Just yeah. like look, peer into the black hole that yeah, is exactly. my butthole. Absolutely. Um, I've I've always had this feeling like there's there's definitely a couple dick pics out there of of mine. Yeah. Um, I I don't send them unsolicited. <laughs> However. For the people that do have them, I've always thought like if if they if there was ever anyone who's like, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put Jeremy's dick out to the world, I'd be like, I'll beat you to the punch. Mm-hmm. I'll pop it on my my own Twitter and be like, yo, by the way, someone's putting my dick pic out there. Yeah. So here here it is from the I source. I think it's just yeah. like I given everything to the world by doing the podcast. And right. It's like the one thing where I'm like, I just want my genitals to be like for certain people sure yeah, because right. I literally have given everything now my, my asshole I, I that yeah that, that's I want, really I, I want to keep that to myself have you ever taken a photo of your own asshole <laughs> yes. uh, it's jarring. yeah it is jarring I honestly think you gotta do it first of all you gotta do it if you've never done it and you should probably do it regularly <laughs> because for at least two practical reasons one you gotta know if there are changes happening down there yeah I, see what's I, going on back there I think of this I mean your junk is out but like same with vaginas you gotta you gotta get in in there in front of a mirror at least squat it out yeah exactly get a good idea of what's going on down there i remember the first time i ever i ever like inspected my own asshole through was the occasion uh (laughs) well it it was so uh, funny for a straight guy because i just assume that like they don't well i had i had i had my ass waxed oh so so i was like what what does it look like now didn't know what it really looked like beforehand just a hairy mess and then uh I'm, i'm assuming and then I went just and looked. I, I went and looked at yeah, just just matted, you know, just. Uh, and I looked at it, and I was like, "Shit, Jer, that's a nice asshole." You, you know, thought it was a nice. Yeah, asshole. I was like, but "You got a nice asshole." That, were you comparing that to like women, or? female assholes? That yeah, right. that I've seen because I I haven't seen many guy assholes. So I had <laughs> anal fissure surgery on my asshole. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, because you have uh, colitis. colitis. Yeah. yeah. So I had anal oh, fissure surgery on wow. my asshole. That was, I, it's in my book. I like wrote about it because um, <clears throat> it was so comical. But now I have this like thing to the left of my asshole, like just sort of like, like a, a little gro- nubbin. Yeah, like a little growth or like where it was. And I, I had like a really nice asshole before. And now it's just. It's, it's bugging like, you? Yeah, but I'm not. Would you get it taken care of? I mean, I've had plastic surgery on my nose, but I think like plastic surgery on my asshole would be like a little like. Chill the fuck out. No one really cares. No guy goes down there and is like about to lick your asshole and be like, oh, this little. Like people don't really care. Mm-mm. No, because no, it, all it is is it's just it's probably just like skin. where they where they yeah it's like, yeah, it's, your, like a, it's like your belly button or your butt. butt yeah, you know but it's, it's bothering like, me because I always like prouded myself on having like a really nice asshole and it's always hairless like it's like ready to rock. But do you do you, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's an audio guy in the room. He's just like, you don't know what you're Adrian, in for. Adrian, our producer, is just laughing in the corner. Uh, Adrian, how's your asshole? What's uh, what's what's going on in your butt? It's mangy for sure. Just, I can we tell. We just get the A OK. The A OK. I feel like you can. A lot like an asshole. I feel like you can learn a lot about a person if you do like random spot checks of their asshole like during the day. Like, do you ever meet a person and be like, you have a really clean asshole? You can just tell. Like, I feel like you do actually. I, that was the um, first thought I'm when I met you. Oh, okay. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, it's like it came over me. I'm like, oh, I'm like wow, that's a clean asshole. Uh, I like to think it's pretty clean. Yeah. 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 Do you do the wipes in between? No, but um, I yeah, sometimes yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of like face like the big face mm. cloth tidy like a couple times a day. I also like I sh- you know I shower. I don't. I'm not super clean like Jeremy is super clean. Like I don't shower 
necessarily every day, but I'm definitely. I shower once a day. I feel like a dirt bag because I've been sitting, I sat on a plane for a couple hours. Oh, mm. fuck. Yeah, yeah that's that'll true. do a number. No, I, I, try to, I try to take care of that. I, I have gone home with guys, and like, that's the thing about being a gay guy, right? It's like you always have to time your shits if you're going to bottom, mm-hmm. right? So I've gone home with guys and like had to be like, just a second, just going to powder my nose. And then had to like go to their washroom and like wash, cl- butt. Like wash my asshole. And then yeah. you got to wait a little bit because then they can smell like Meadow Springs. Mm. Wait, everyone so wait, knows they're so, like hand soap, right? Yeah, right. Jeremy has a problem with my uh, butthole cleaning uh, process, which is like taking soap and and putting my finger up my butt. Swirly, it's called it a swirly. Okay. We talk about it. Yeah, don't and, do that. It's not good for you. Well, if you're gonna rim someone, you have to do that. It's or if anyone's going in there, it's helpful to know like is what are the chances that something's gonna come out. Oh, you know what? I'm really good at that. Do you want me to educate your audience about yes. anal I mean, sex? Sure, sure. Have you got? I assume you've covered it a bunch. We've talked about. It. Yeah, but everybody's opinion. All is you valuable. need is chia seeds. Oh, uh, okay. Every day, what if the you fuck? have chia seeds, you will never have an anal sex accident. I swear to God, I, I live by it. Okay. You shove the the seeds no. up your ass. <laughs> yeah, you grow. They grow up your asshole, <laughs> and you just wait. <laughs> no, you just like put it in your shake. And then it's like this, like, you know, they're like kind of gelatiny. And mm-hmm. then when you take a shit, it's like the shit is encased in the chia seeds and it just goes out. In three years, I've never had an anal sex accident once. And I've had Stop a lot it. of sex. Are you serious? Swear to God. Huh. Swear to God. Yeah. This I'll sounds like some gay that. bro science. Look it up. Uh, yeah, maybe I will. There's also a product called, I'm not going to say because they won't sponsor my podcast, but beep. They have like a supplement for gay guys. You take it every day. And it's mostly chia seeds. So it's to prevent uh, you from sh- shitting on shitting a guy's during, dick during or anal space. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, no. Okay. It's honestly, like you don't really have to douche. I do do the swirly though. You were talking about. I always. Guys, swirly. I don't think the swirly. I honestly think the swirly is like doctors are listening, going, "That's bad. Do not do that." Do not- like how far are we talking? Well, I mean. I'll go all the way. I'll go all okay, the way. I don't do that. No, I go that- like uh, like probably half an inch. Jesus I, you know fuck, what? guys! I find are it. you trying to feel the turd? Is that what I am happening? trying to see if there's anything? Oh, up I've there. done that before, yeah. guys. Yeah. Just we have a tushy at home. We we literally have. It doesn't go to no, into your butt. Like, yeah, it and doesn't go into your butt. It cleans surface look, area. Man, that thing, it doesn't do a deep a deep clean. That has power. I I <laughs> I sh- I have given myself an enema with that thing multiple times. I don't trust it for that reason. Have you ever been about to? F- fuck someone anally and you put your finger in and you feel a turd because that's happened to me no I've never felt a, p- a poo no oh, I literally one time like went in and then I <laughs> hit it yeah and then what do you say you say I, I th- gotta go clean the poop out from under my nails I just went I don't think it's ready that's what I said I don't that's think it's ready sense. see I think that's good and I think the person on the other end of that is gonna go I know exactly what you're talking about yeah well it's not like I'm like because I'm sure they're, I'm sure they're also going oh, that's yeah, I mean, if you've got poop that close, you you need to poop. It's That's time what to poop. I feel like, because I feel like if you push, is this too much? I don't no, know. this no. is great. I love talking about um, shit. Brody hates talking about shit. This oh, do you? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to educate the homos that are listening. <laughs> um, if you go to the washroom and you push as hard as you can and nothing comes out, you pretty much are fine. Okay. Yeah. That's I been don't, my experience. You're, but you're not really supposed to go push as hard as you can. Yeah, then you'll get hemorrhoids. And, and also, exactly, <laughs> hemorrhoids. This guy's got surgery on it. Well, this, that's the other thing <laughs> is like oh, any sort of digestive disorder, like where you're like chronically constipated, you could still reach up there and feel poop and not need to poop. I know. See, this. Uh, that's, that's why a fact. I also, <laughs> also kind of have I'm on a crazy diet right now. Okay. I'm on a con- carnivore diet. 
Oh yeah. Have you guys heard of this? Yeah, I've heard of it. Kind of diet, yeah. uh, what's his name? Jordan, uh, Jordan Peterson. No, was, was big it, on it? Was it him and his daughter? Yeah, yeah. she's yeah. on it too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're kind of you know, but they're, <laughs> um, they're questionable. Yeah, I don't, I don't like to like associate it with them because I'm like, because then people are like, you're fucking crazy. No, but I have an autoimmune <laughs> disorder. I have colitis, and I basically healed my colitis by eating only meat, which is against the school of thought. Are you like, are you full on, full on carnivore diet? Like you're the just past steaks? I go, uh, I, I cycle a little keto, but I pretty much don't eat carbs. And that's the thing about anal. If you eat the carbs, the starch is what sticks it up there. And everyone's like, how the fuck aren't you constipated with the meat diet? No, never, not huh. once. Because uh, of the meat fat. Seems, yes, right, of course, the fat. I do the keto thing too. Yeah, so, uh, don't you often. feel so much better? I feel amazing when yeah. I'm doing it hardcore, for but sure. But then when you eat carbs, you're fucked. Have, do, oh, have yeah, you done I'm that? I'm so tired. No, I haven't. I, I mean, I just eat like a fucking maniac. It's typical straight uh, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You eat Absolutely. way too much sugar. Absolutely, oh, yeah. If I was a straight man, what I would eat. I dream about it all the time. I swear to God. Well, speaking of straight men and gay men. Yeah, yeah, go and, ahead. And and anal. Sorry to take um, over your podcast. <laughs> uh, no, this is great. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to know about. So, you know, we've talked about this on the podcast a number of times where I, I've i been in scenarios where I'm like, ah, I kind of want to, like, explore being a little more gay mm. than I think I am uh, with this particular person. But I've never really actually gone there. Um, but I know I, I have a number of gay friends and have heard from them that, like, there's kind of a uh, a scene where oftentimes, like, they'll get asked by a straight male to, like... Like, hey, do you mind if if you kind of show me the ropes? Like, I just kind of want to give this a, a test a test drive. Um, is that something that you've come up against? Oh, yeah. And- so something about me attract, and my best friend too, the one who hosts the podcast with me, something about us attracts the curious types all the time. I think it's because I'm not hyper-masculine, so it's like it's not too much. And I'm kind of like a little bit pretty. So maybe it's like a little bit of the feminine energies there. Um I had sex with a guy for one time. This guy was like, I want to experiment with a guy. And I was like, that's like annoying because you know they're going to be bad. And you're like, I'm too old for this shit. But I was like, you, okay. you know they're going to be bad? I feel like, look, I'm not. I, I don't think you could be good the first time. Like, what are you going to be like? Oh, I, I fucking... beg the differ. I think I would be great the first time. <laughs> Whip it out. <laughs> um, no, I. Um, so this guy was like, I just want to try this with you. And I was like, eh, I'm not into it. Then he sent me a photo and he was like, literally a model. So I was like, okay. So he comes over to my house and we're sitting on the couch and he's like, I've never done this before. And he's like, he's shaking. Like, it's not a joke. Whoa. Like, it's not like, you know, it's like a fetish, but like, no, it was real. And he's like, listen, I'm going to put my hand on your leg. And if, uh, if like it's weird, I'm just going to leave. And I was like, okay, that's fine. And then like an hour later, we were fucking. And I was like, whoops. Whoa. Like, I was the top, which I you know, just always assumed that like, you know, that's, that's stupid of me. But I assumed that he would want a top because that's what he's used to. With a woman, uh-huh. uh, so I was like, "Whoa, that was really hot!" And also, like, not even asking, like, we used the condom because I wanted to, but like, it's happened to me twice with these like quasi straight men. Don't even go for the condom. Whoa, um, just not even. They're like, "Why?" I'm like, "Oh fuck!" You're like, let, let me educate uh, you. Yeah. Um, and then we now, continued now, for like, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Did you did you guys like have any sort of conversation about like, um, about like past? experience for him or like like you know like i okay i'm I'm sitting here trying to put myself in his shoes and i'm i'm imagining uh you're about to put your dick into my butt Mm -hmm. and that would probably take me i I, granted i probably wouldn't be the guy that's like i'll bottom first um so but let's say i was 
I feel like it would take me a bit of time to get it in. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. It's a lot. I feel like it would be a lot. Was it a lot for him, or or was he like, um, floodgates are open, baby? Shock. Well, I'm pretty good at warming it up. Most, most. I'm shocked how much. This is a public service announcement. How many gay guys don't finger you before they try to fuck you? And I'm just like, what? Like, they just go right for it. Um, so that's something else. But I like warmed it up. Like I was like fingering them and doing everything. And, and right. I was like, just tell me if you want to stop. But it was like, it was. It didn't seem like it was his first time. But he definitely was like visibly. I don't know if it was, but he was visibly like. Shaken. Shook, yeah. I don't know if that's either he's gay and it's self-loathing or it literally was his first time. Right, yeah. Um, and then <laughs> we fucked and it was fine. And then we just kept doing it for months. And then one day, after like four months, he just was like, oh, I'm sorry I'm going to be late. Like, I'm hanging out with my girl's parents. And I was like, you have a girlfriend? Like, I had no clue. I stopped Whoa. it right there. I was like, nope. Cause I like that was too all, much for you. That was too like that no matter if one. it's male or female, I I don't like to participate <laughs> in that unless there's a conversation and they're open. Clearly, they weren't. Yeah. Um. But I think a lot of straight women like learning doing the podcast, having bisexual guys on. The reason they don't come out as bisexual is because women. Because when I ask women in my life if they would date a bisexual man, ninety five percent of the time they say no because they say he's gay. Interesting. So that's the stigma there for them, like not wanting to come out or tell mm. them. Um, the other one I had was, um, I was selling my patio furniture <laughs> and I found out, by the way, this guy listens to my podcast and I told this story. So I was like, whoops, but whatever. I didn't use his name. Uh, I was selling my patio furniture, girl and guy come over. I, they give them the, they give me the money. We move some of the items and she's like, Oh, you know what? Why don't you do the rest of it tomorrow? I'm going to be out of town, but we'll say his name was Dave. Dave will come tomorrow and get the rest of the furniture. And I had no clue this was about to happen. So I get stoned like most days of the week and I'm like stoned and I get a text from Dave at midnight and Dave's like I'm really drunk but like can we move the patio furniture and I was like okay I'm like I'm just warning you I'm super yeah super stoned it's like a it's like a Thursday at like midnight this guy stumbles into my apartment like he's very drunk and I was like I don't think you can lift a fucking like it was like a long wooden thing and I was like I don't think you can do that and he's like and he's like buddy I got it and he fucking slaps me on the ass and I was like that was weird. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, like, coach, going? like, good yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we moved the patio furniture somehow, and he's like, let's have a drink. And I was like, ugh, I'm annoyed already, because I don't like like a lot of humans. So he comes over to my house, and we're <laughs> drinking, and then I was telling him a story about Brazil, and I was like, yeah, I can just get any guy. And he's like, I'm sure you can get any guy anywhere. And he puts his hand on my leg. And I was just like, but I was too stoned to do it. You know when you're so stoned, you're like, this is silly, so I just got really anxious or whatever, and then I tried to, like, rub his leg back and, like, do a little something, and then I was just, like, girlfriend, stone, yeah, I can't, whoa. yeah, oh, this is one more good one for you guys, my best I friend, these. I, these, yeah, that these, is a lot of these, these are my favorite, um, it's just to a podcast, I'm like, people. <laughs> um, my, f- oh, I don't know if I'm supposed to tell this story, okay, I won't say the friend, but a friend of mine was at a bachelor party, and woke up on the couch to the groomsman jerking him off. A groomsman that was about to marry a woman jerking him off, like literally with the like engagement ring on the finger or whatever. And my friend, which is also sexual assault. I was w- like, ain't woke that up, assault? Yeah. yeah. Woke, he woke up to the guy just doing it. And then the guy said, is this okay? And my friend was like, all right. And I would go, what happened? He's like, I finished. I let him go. And first yeah. of all, who the hell can finish from my hand job? I can't. But- <laughs> I when I heard that story, I have a, like a, we, I've heard a lot of these stories, wow. but 
a lot of gay guys will chase the straight guy as like a fetish and I think that's a form of self-loathing and internalized homophobia because it's like we spend so much of our lives like trying to chase this masculinity and I always say on the podcast like if you idolize straight men that comes at the expense of like hating yourself a lot of the time so a lot of gay guys will like think it's like so hot to chase the potential of a straight guy I don't find that hot Mm. unless the guy's like interested I don't want to play those games maybe because I'm also 32 so yeah yeah Yeah, right an age thing why can't you finish from a handjob uh I think internet porn has like burned out my dopamine <laughs> receptors. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, I don't know. I I'm very it it's very hard for me. I need very particular things when I come and sometimes when I'm close, I'll think of another sexual experience. You guys ever do that? When you're with a certain person, you just go out of the room and grab like something from four years ago. I really I really don't do that. I've done that a lot. Yeah. I've done it a handful of times and it sometimes it's just because like uh, my partner's already come so I know that they're I, I they're feel doing like, that whole dance where they're pretending they yeah, care. Yeah and I'm like okay well I'll just close my I'll eyes and drift over yeah, here. Right. But my mind but my mind flits around really quickly. So it's not it's not always like one thing is gonna get me there. It's like let me recall as many different. Oh, multiple! As I can. Mm-hmm. Wow, I think of the, always this one guy that just blew everyone out of the water, and I always pull him <laughs> in. It's like he's he's like floating above us, like just watching. <laughs> I think of him, and I'm just like, and I don't like love him, but it was so good that I like pull it. Mm-hmm. It works every time, but I've never done the like say the person's name because I think that's what where it comes from, right? You're saying you're thinking of them, and then it just oh. You say it. Uh, I don't ever. I've never said anyone's name naturally when I come. Like I would have to be like, you want you want me to say your name yeah, while I'm coming. For it. Yeah. Okay, then I'll say your name. But it's never just like, oh, whatever. You know. I have a lot of guys call an ass a pussy during sex. It is very very common. Really? They call your ass a pussy. Very common. They're like. I would say like spread your pussy. Thirty percent of the time it happens. No, they'll go like sit your pussy deeper. <laughs> no, who's a little pussy? No, they'll say like, uh, oh yeah, just like oh yeah, you like that when I fuck your pussy, and I just I I don't want to ruin the moment, so I just go <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like I don't. Or the other one I was talking about the other day is when one guy was like, yeah, you like that? I'm gonna get you pregnant, and then I just like was like, yes. I didn't know what to say, so I just went like, yeah, nine months. Like, oh, fuck. It was so bad, and I just I just zoned out. Like, We're gonna defy science. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's like the rational part of me goes like, that's just fucking silly. You know, that reminds me of when we were like in university here and you <coughs> told me this story about about some friend of yours brother telling a woman that he was going to fuck her so well that oh, she was no. going to go get him some milk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember saying that. Remember that, that is a misogynist, I'm, dirty talk. Yeah. Make me a sandwich, bitch. <laughs> exactly. That's literally what that is. I'm going to fuck you so well. You're gonna go get me some milk. Yeah. Oh, people are so interesting. It just comes out, right? Like, and I'm very sex positive, but like at some point, it's just fucking silly. I don't know how to cross that bridge when somebody asks for like dirty talk. I'm like, I don't know anything. Anything I say right now is gonna is not is completely made up because I think it might sound sexy, but it's not. I. But I have fo- to write a go- script. I'm in my so head. good at it. I don't want to brag, but I'm a writer. Okay. I've had people be like, "You're like the Shakespeare of like cock." Like I just 
Because you, there's you the thing. Search. You just have to just be honest. Don't hold anything back. And that's what I hate doing the podcast because I'll be sexting with a guy on Instagram and I'm like, oh, is this going to like get out? Mm. Are you going to show your friends that listen to the podcast? I can't be like as dirty as I want to be. But you got to just like, I find it's just like, you just can't be in your head. Yeah. I can do it in writing. Exactly what you're thinking. Oh, oh, you're saying it's the. Out loud, like uh, in the moment, I'm like, just say, I want to get you pregnant. Oh, yeah. That's what I'll do next time. Say that to him. Yeah. 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 Just say, just say, baby, I'm going to get you so pregnant. I'm going to get you some milk. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to get you some milk after this. You should reverse the gender roles, like about about the guy. You're going to make, you're going to get a promotion. Make me a sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's all men want to hear. You're a provider. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I'm curious though about this like you don't want the you don't want the you know the dms to like go public because you're the you're the sex podcast guy mm. right so it's like isn't that wouldn't that just kind of isn't that just kind of part of the but it's like my you're right because i actually do talk about like what i'm into sexually on the podcast like yeah very i don't know you know what i think i just i was actually talking to my sister about this um it's always like when is it enough at some point, it's like I've given everything of myself. At some point, because the problem is, is when you do this, people use everything I say against me now. And it's like, I gave you this shit for free. And now I just want to put a wall up. But I need to have something for myself. And I think for me, it's like I've given you my sex life, but I haven't given you like 100% of it. I just want to like keep a little something for myself. And I, yeah. and I deserve that, like doing the podcast. And I also share way more than my co-host, um, who has like a very like professional job I mean I own my own company but he like is a very professional job and what happened was the podcast just started spreading through his office and now all of them listen and it's filthy so that's another can of worms but yeah I heard you call I listened to an episode earlier and uh, I heard you call him on that on not sharing as much as yeah, yeah. what episode did you listen Uh, to the last uh, German boy Oh, last. that's a good intro. Yeah. yeah I, get, I was getting a massage and the guy just started eating my ass and I was like, okay. Yeah, literally. So where fun. was that? Is Wait, that it wasn't like, an RMT regular. <laughs> Can I get a receipt for that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was massage addict. No, this guy like, um, oh fuck, this guy was like, I want to give you a massage and then he wanted to charge $160 and I was like, no, because you've been trying to fuck me for six months. I know you're getting something out of this. So I bargained him down to 100 because I'm a lady, and I went for the massage, and then he was like, it was out of his house, and it was cash, so it wasn't like an RMT thing, and then in the middle, I heard a noise, and it was underwear hitting the ground, and I was like, okay, and then he just started eating my ass, and I was like, okay, and I just went with it, and then he finger-begged me, and I just ended the massage, and I paid him for the massage, because I got it was a great massage, yeah, yeah. but like, it just, at one point when he started, like, it was like an hour. He started like licking my ass. He started fingering me. I just turned around. I was like, am I paying for this? Like, I just want to be like economically responsible. Yeah. Right. You're like, <laughs> is this now? I don't want to pay for this. Yeah. Um, <coughs> yeah. So that's the one I talked about on there. Loved it. That's how I felt. I went to, uh, <clears throat> actually, I think it was the last time we were in Toronto. I went to a rub and tug. Oh yeah. And, oh. and, uh, and like <laughs> in the middle of it, this is so funny. In the middle of it, she was like, it was full service uh, as an option. But I was like, I guess I'll just do like the, you can just like, I, you just jerk me off. Like, that's cool. And then she's like, Is that okay. how you said it, dude? How yeah, sex? Yeah, yeah. To, like, if you, you know, if you I, have the privilege, I, I host no, sick boy. No, 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 no. <laughs> like, I was, I was kind of like, I don't know how this works. Like, I'm confused. And she's like, well, basically like, I'll, I'll, you can go as far as you want or, and, and basically, you know, you're paying this much right now. Um, so I'm, I'll, 
I will jerk you off. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, you, you just do that. That's great. And then, like, in the middle of it, she's like, do you want me? Because I am I was really into it. She's like, do you want me to go further? Do you want to go further? And I was like, yes, but. Can I see the menu? Yeah, I was like, how 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 much do I have to add? Do they have like a fucking laminated menu? They Dude, pull they out? actually do. No. And she was like, well, it would be technically this much. And I was like, fuck, I only have this much. She's like, do you want square? She li- no, she <laughs> in your butthole. She, she literally went, hold on one second. She went out <gasps> to the front desk to like check if it was cool and then came back in and was like, yeah, yeah, we're good. And I was like, all right, sweet. And then, <sighs> yeah. I've never had. I, it I, was really interesting. I almost, The other day I was just, I just. I have undertones in my podcast. Like, I hate men, mostly. Yeah. It's, like, kind of a... I play it up for the podcast, but it's kind of <laughs> true. I mean, I think 90% of the problems in the world are straight men, if you really break it down. But that's another issue. But I wanted... The other day, I like, I can get laid all the time. It's not a problem for me, and I have, like, a roster. But I just didn't want any bullshit, so I was on an escort site for the first time in my life the other day, because I just, like, wanted just, like, a safe, professional, sexual experience, no strings, no nonsense. And I almost did it. And I just like I still might do it. I don't have any problem with. What that. are the rates like? What are the going? It was rates? a lot pricier than I thought it would be. Right. It was three hundred and twenty-five dollars for an out call. For an hour. Yeah. <clears throat> I thought it would be like two fifty, maybe two hundred. Yeah, I feel like that. I don't know. I poked around on some sites in uh, Nova Scotia once because I was super curious as well, and it was two seventy for an hour, or three twenty for an out call. So that mm. seems pretty standard. Yeah, that's not. So I think it's more w- for men. Out calls when they come them. to you. I'm sure it's more for men. An out call is like when the escort comes to you. Comes to you. Yeah, right. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I'm open to it. I, I have no issues with it. But my friends are like, "You're a good-looking guy. Like, why do you?" And I was like, "Because I can afford it." And I also just like don't want the nonsense. Sometimes, yeah. like, I'm just like, I did it just for the. I really did it because I was like, oh, "This is an experience. I've never had it. I want to know what that's like." Also, it'll be good content for the show. Oh, then, I, uh, trust me, I think of yeah, these things, too. I'm yeah, also writing me. a book about my life. 100%. Like, hmm. And then I did it, and I was like, yeah, okay, that's definitely not for me. Um, but I'm really grateful that that service ex- exists, and I can see why this would be really great for some people. Um, and, yeah, it was just, like, a unique experience. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, it, I, it's out I there. I always thought it would be a great, like, way to educate educate people about sex is like you pay a professional to well one of the like- guests on our because I've been trying to get a sex worker on our podcast actually we recorded one but I don't know if you guys ever had it where you had to delete the audio uh, yeah. Was it bad? It happens every once in a while. Just uh, too much cocaine use during ah. the interview. Really oh. messed it up. Okay. Oh, wow. But um, we deleted it. But actually, the, <laughs> I went on a date with a stripper, which isn't the same as that, but I went on a date with a stripper one day. And then I asked him to come on the podcast. So, like, I don't know when this will air, but one of the episodes is, like, I brought him on the podcast afterwards. And it was educational because you learn about, like, the economics of this stuff, which mm-hmm. for me is the most interesting part. Totally. Mm-hmm. Like, they pay to dance. They don't want to be on stage because that's time away from them doing private dances. And, yeah, we learned a lot of stuff. Oh, so. interesting. Yeah, because yeah. the dance w- itself on the stage would be, like, the advertisement. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And then you walk around and you... Yeah. That's where you make the big bucks. And you try to in the back pull. room. Yeah, right on. Right. Yeah. I used to want to be a stripper. <laughs> you still got time. I know, I know. I went to an interview once uh, in London. I was living in England and I was 18 and I was like, what do I need to, to, to do? And they were like, just come with uh, heels and a dress 
or whatever that you can peel down to a G string. And I was like, all right. And I showed up and I walked in the door and I was like, I cannot do this. And I left. <sighs> I couldn't. I was not brave enough. I also just like hate men. So I would just hate seeing them in that environment. Mm, right. Yeah. Can we talk actually one thing on that thing? Because I want to get your thoughts on this. Because I've been bringing this up on my podcast. Unsolicited dick pics. Oh, yeah. I wanted to textbook to mm-hmm. sexual harassment. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to start like a little bit of a movement like with my base. I don't know how far it's getting. But like I am so sick of going on Grindr and just getting like an avalanche of dick pics. And it really has become so normalized. I started reporting them to Grindr. I know they're not going to do anything because it's already like a cesspool. But... I tried to get my like listeners in my podcast to do it because if you walked up to a person on the street and just whipped your dick out at them, that's sexual harassment. How is that any different than sending an unsolicited penis photo? Mm. And I just, I'm so sick of it now. Like I just, I yell at people like I'm their mother, like legitimately. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Like, I'm like, stop. What are the responses? Like? Everyone thinks I'm a lunatic. That's that's how normalized it becomes. Dude, right. it's fucking grinder. What the fuck? Yeah. Okay, chill out, buddy. Like all this stuff. And I'm like, no, it's actually not cool. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, could, like, could you imagine if Tinder had an option to send photos? It would be, it would be the same thing. Yeah. It'd be the exact same thing. Well, that's why I usually go on Tinder. But the problem with I have a Tinder, I don't know if you guys have noticed, is like, I match with people. They just don't talk. Yeah. That. Yeah. What is that? I don't know, man. Like I'm like, it's not like you're not interested. Yeah, Bumble's, it's almost Bumble's like the a, same thing. Just to keep your thing, your yourself entertained. Just as you're taking a shit. That's, exactly. all, that's the only time. People yeah. I mean, that's the only time I ever use it. Like... But I shit like six times a day, so I'm always on it, just ready to chat. Um, uh, but also, I think people also just use it as like a a, a form of like flattery. You know, like they use it yeah. to like validation. Get to, yeah. Yeah, yeah, validation. Yeah. They're like, oh yeah, sweet, hot or not. Like I, I won. still got it. I just, yeah, I still got it. Yeah. But why do what's <coughs> do they serve a purpose? Dick pics? Like, are is it about like getting <coughs> putting them out there and then someone being like, I really like that dick. I would like to talk to the person that sent that. Um. Yeah. I'm sure for some people no, that's I, the point. Yeah. And then I'm sure for some people it's like. They're, they're kind of there's something that gets or them do they off just by want just to, yeah, firing they, that shit off. I'm also know? like a sexual assault survivor times two. So because I was molested when I was 14, and then I got raped by a boyfriend. So I don't know of how much of that because I brought it up with a therapist of mine. How much of that just sets me off because it's like the advances are just so aggressive. Mm. But then I asked my friends that are not that, and they were like, "No, I'm just sick of it." And I think it's because. Um, there's nothing to build up to. Like, there's just no mystery to it. It's not like it's not like a normal courtship, where you're like, "Oh, I'll show you a little something." And I'll do. It. It's just like boom in your face. And I'm sure some people that's what they're there for. But you gotta ask, or like, when my profile literally says, "Send me profile." Like, my profile says, "A dick pic is not an acceptable salutation." That's literally my bio, and it's like I'm not trying to even be funny about it. I'm just like, stop. But I get them on Facebook. I get them from like it's not that I get I pl- guys I play tennis with. I get guys boyfriends send me dick pics. Something about my face says like show them of the day. And I've been very clear. I host a fucking <laughs> podcast where I say it. Like, like are they Jesus messages Christ. coming with them or they're like, hey, could you just like give me some feedback on what my dick looks like? Or like, is it just is it just I think that's just people think that they'll get my attention that way. And that's the thing about when I talk about promiscuity my promiscuity on the podcast, um, people think that's an invite. Yeah. That I'm like want that. Uh, yes, and that's something I've r- run into. 
with doing this show mm-hmm. is that, you know, especially talking about like polyamory or, or open relationships, like people just assume like, oh, you're game to fuck anytime, anywhere. You have no boundaries. Yeah. I don't have many boundaries, but I, I definitely have some. Yeah. And like, like you're it, into teeth. Just, just, just show <laughs> where's the teeth. <laughs> yeah. If it did, like this show isn't an invite for someone just to come up and be like, hey, so like, want to go fuck? Like, yeah. Like, oh, it's man, it's let, bad. Say, Actually, you know, say, why well, don't I read also, you guys I'm in the middle one. of a conversation. I like, get none of that, by the way. New, no, no, it must be men thing. It must be like people going, you're a man, so you can handle this kind exactly. of Exactly. That is exactly what it is. Okay, so here's one I got yesterday. I posted a photo of me at the gym. I was telling you this in yeah, the elevator yeah. because I'm gay. And it was a really good photo of me, too. And this is a message I get immediately. Wow, I want to lick your sweaty balls so badly. <laughs> like, you think I'm going to be like... Okay, and then this is another one I got. Wow, you look so sexy, but you'd look better with my cock hitting the back of your throat. Ooh. Whoa, that's an aggressive these one. Are, these are fans of my podcast, and that's why it's different, because yeah. it's like, you think that like you just, ha- there's no there's no yeah. boundary between the two things, and that's why like even when I was in Austin, people were asking me to hang out with them. I'm like, I, I've given you guys enough. Yeah. Like, I'm a little bit creeped out at some point. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to say, hey- Hello. Oh, that's like, gone. That's how are you? Thing. Not about my sweaty balls. Yeah, yeah but like, to be like, hey, balls? do you want do you want my ball sack to be bouncing off your forehead? Like oh. that's you know, come on, that's a little aggressive. No, I just, I'm, oh yeah, <laughs> fucking men, <laughs> fucking men. All right, so you're not. We're sorry, that. you know. We're, no, we're you sorry. guys, you're a good guy, and like your co-hosts, like when I met you, but like, man, you're in the minority. I'm gonna tell you, yeah. men are. Oh, I know. I, I mean, I'm talking like my my girlfriends, like when when they're talking to me about their Tinder exploits, like some of the messages that they get. Oh, I'm just so like, are, is this a joke? Oh, it's... what some of the stuff that exists, like some of the things that people say. I'm just even to Becca, like some of the messages that Becca has received. I'm like, how? Who's Whose child is that? Yeah. Like, you almost want to find the mom and be like, Yeah. Here you go. I found your mom on Facebook. I sent her this. <laughs> Can you deal with this? Yeah. yeah. It's you, just, this yeah. is your fault somehow. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, I try to, I try to, I have good, like, role models in my life and I try to, like, you know, not be that guy, but it's kind of, <laughs> I play up the misery on the podcast because it's, like, entertainment value. Yeah. But man, I am sick of it. Like, the messages, the touching at the bar, the, I just literally I'll walk in a gay bar and just no one says hi to you. They just grab your ass. They don't even start a conversation or they go and grinder when you're five feet away and say like, Hey, I can see you at the bar instead of going up and it's like, we're, we're like evolving in reverse or some shit. Right. And I'm not like that. So I just don't even understand it. But you know, yeah, listen, it's new territory for me, the whole podcast thing, um, but I'm much different than when I started because I was just like, hey, when we were joking around, we were like, send us tick pics. And now, like, and like I've shut stop. down. Yeah. And people are like, why don't you respond to my DMs? I'm like, I, it's too much now. I need my own privacy yeah. at some point. I don't want to pull back completely, but anyway, sort of is on time for us. <laughs> Do you think your podcast will have, like, okay, season two or season three or four have wrapped? It's time for a new podcast um, on a new subject because you're so, a bit of a yeah an entrepreneur yeah so so i am an entrepreneur like that's my day job um i have to do it at least until may 7th because that's when my book comes out so um you know it's a nice way to build the platform yeah. and my book's also called my therapist sent me nudes because that's one of the stories i had a therapist talking speaking to men who i went to see 
And one night at 3 a.m. in the morning, he sent me naked photos of himself and said, I'll send you an Uber, an Uber black, as if I'm going to be like, oh, you're so rich. Like, fuck off. I can pay for my own Uber. And sent me that. And that's why, that's one of the stories in the book. Fully true. I have, I'll show you the photo because I have it on my phone as evidence. That's wild. Because I'm like, this is... Um, but I have to do it until then. Um, but yeah, we're going to try and take a little bit more of a different arc. The first season was just like, look, a bunch of guys we fucked and like whatever. And now we're getting a little more responsible with our content. Like we had on Brock McGillis. That would be a good guess for you guys, actually. The first out, um, hockey player. Right on. Oh, cool. Um, so we had him on and I'm trying to have like just different experiences. Like I'm, I'm trying to get a 90 year old gay guy to come on the podcast. Cause like that's an, int- we had a 60 year old on that episode. You listened to a 60 year old guy. So I'm going to keep doing it until May 7th. But yeah, it's, I'm sure you guys know, like, it's, I don't really like being famous. I'm not like I'm like super famous, but it's never what you thought it would be. I don't know if you guys have experienced that where you're like, this is actually quite anxiety inducing. And I want to be recognized for my art and my talent, but everything else around it is a lot of like bullshit. And I don't know. I don't enjoy that. I mean, especially if you're getting inundated with like, you know, take pics. <laughs> yeah. like that, sweaty you know, ball. Yeah, yeah, sweaty balls. I don't get that kind of inundation, so and I, and I, I'm not as social as Jeremy, so I don't get it, it in public as often as you do either. And and I think mostly what I uh, what I experience with it is a, a, like a lot of people asking for my advice or like, can we have coffee? And like, I just t- want to tell you about my relationship and maybe get some advice from you, which I think is really sweet. But I I definitely have to start saying. No. You gotta say no, yeah, because yeah. I don't, I don't I mean, have all that time. We, on I know not to sound so depressing, but it, like we get on the flip side the positive stuff. I mean, we've had three or four guys come out because of our podcast. Mm-hmm. We've had people go on prep because of our podcast. We've had people reunite with their parents. Um, a lot of our listener base, I mean, not a lot, but more than I thought, is in Syria, Saudi Arabia, Iraq. People write Whoa. emails like, this is the only thing keeping me going, which is a lot of pressure. But um, that's the great part of it. And I'm not not happy that I didn't do it. I just sort of always try to explain to people that, like like anything in life, there's pros and cons. And I just did not expect... Uh, I just expect. I just thought people would be a little more responsible and wouldn't like track down my ex boyfriends when I deliberately changed their names, stuff like that. People and are curious. Stuff. They're just searching for yeah storyline and information, and they're into it and stuff. But I have had people track down people that I've changed their names. I've had people add me to Facebook under my real name, even <laughs> when we asked not to. Mm. Some of that stuff really bothers me, but of course I'm, I I wouldn't change doing the podcast or anything. I mean, it's, you guys know, it's super rewarding and we're doing a live show in New York actually as our first live show. Oh, sick. So that'll be uh, a lot of sexual uh, Do do you have a date? (laughs) Oh yeah. August 24th. I don't know when this will air. Okay. So Green Room 42. Yeah. Screen Room 42 in New York. uh, It's our first live show. 25% of our audience is actually in New York City. So it was like it made sense to do it there, um, and I think the tickets are like twenty five dollars. Amazing, something. yeah. Sweet. So congratulations, yeah. um, that'll be thanks. fun. We're we're coming up to time, but yeah. uh, for you know for all those people that are listening right now and they want to kind of figure out your real name and all your ex boyfriends, where uh, <laughs> where can they find I'll your stuff? You. Okay, well don't send dick pics. Not <laughs> enough. Uh, my Instagram is at itchy prostate, and by the way, everyone asks me why that is because it's the best joke I ever wrote. It's Someone asked me if I was gay, and I said I'm not gay. I just have an itchy prostate. But everyone thinks it's like an STI joke. Like, yeah, That right. I'm saying, like, yeah, my, totally. I have, like, chlamydia on my prostate or something. I'm like, that's pretty gross. Um, at itchy prostate, and then our podcast is Shame on You. It's on every Thursday. 
until May 7th when my book comes out. I'll probably still continue it if it doesn't get weird. But, yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming on, man. It's good to see you again. Me too. And thank you all so much for tuning in. Uh, We'll be back next week, as we always are, with another fantastic conversation. But in the meantime, go over to Apple Podcasts, uh, hit the subscribe button, leave a rating and a review. We ask you to do it every week because it actually uh, means something. So uh, go do that and make 10 of your friends do the exact same thing. And then tell them, like a... Uh, what's that? A like, pyramid scheme. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Um, and if you want to support uh, the podcast, you can head over to patreon.com slash turn me on. Uh, we've got some cool perks there. And who knows? You might get uh, some dirty underwear in the mail, depending on which <laughs> perk you sign up for. If you don't want that, you don't have to have that. I, I don't, well, nope. That you're getting it if you if you go solicited dirty underwear. That's right. No, <laughs> it's solicited. You paid for it. Oh. Well, you can also visit our uh, Instagram page. Check out all of our our butts on our gallery of butts. It's and you can send us unsolicited butt pics. Mm-hmm. That's actually we've we've actually just requested that. Mm-hmm. So uh, from here forward, and and as it's always been, you're more than welcome to send those because we post them for you. Yeah, we like doing that. And don't send it unless you want it posted. Well, yeah, no, that's right. Because you don't, we don't keep the butts, so we don't that don't want to get posted. That's right. We've had people retract their butts. They have. So you could do that too. You could do. But that. Um, you can also email us at turnmeonpodcast at gmail or fill out a contact submission form on our website turnmeonpodcast.com. That is it for this week. Until next week, go fuck yourself. Sweet. Thank you. Uh- What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.